This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're gearing up for the four-team double elimination NESCAC baseball championships, which the Bobcats qualified for for the third straight season. Plus, the rowing teams combined to take the points title at the New England Championships and track and field both recorded top 10 performances at New England's. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates baseball team swept Bowdoin in a Saturday doubleheader, improving to 9-3 in NESCAC East play this season. It's the Bobcats' best record within the division in program history. Now the Bobcats head to Waterville to take on Williams Friday in the NESCAC tournament. First pitch is set for 2.30 p.m. After the Bobcats swept Bowdoin, the NESCAC named senior Justin Foley the conference pitcher of the week. He shut out the Polar Bears in a seven-inning complete game, four-hitter in game one, officially clinching a playoff bid for Bates. What was your reaction when Coach told you you were going game one today? Um... I thought that he just wanted to maybe switch it up, get a different look because Nolan pitched against these guys the first time we faced him. And um, I had a decent outing last weekend, so I felt like maybe we are just going to go with the flow here. And uh, as a senior, I mean, obviously, you, you, clearly you embrace the opportunity to get another complete game and t- pick the team into the postseason, right? Yeah, no, I try to thrive for this stuff. Like, I love pitching the whole game. I love the spotlight. I love the pressure. Like I said the other day, like, if I could – I don't love being a reliever, but if I could come in bases loaded, no outs, I'd love that. So the more pressure, the better. Uh, what was working for you today? Um, locating my fastballs and then a combination of curveball and slider. So this team obviously keeps it pretty loose. Everyone, you know, uh, it seems like it's a really nice atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, that's, we, uh, <laughs> we definitely mess around a little bit. We have a good time whenever uh, we can. <laughs> so. What does it mean to you to, um, for the second time in your career to sweep Bowden and Colby in the same season? I mean, coming from football, like, they really emphasize the CBB. So, uh, I mean, it's a big deal still. It's nice to be the best team in Maine. Any time we can come out and prove ourselves as the most dominant team around, that that's what we want to do. What are your thoughts on the NESCAC tournament coming up? Uh, we're back for the third time, and we all have hungry stomachs because we're sick of losing the first two games. So um, I think things are going to be different. This this bond that we have as a team this year is definitely stronger than it's been. And um, we have all the pieces. We got hitting, we got fielding, we got pitchers. I think we're going to do some damage. Speaking about that, how about Christian Beal, this transfer coming in, making a big impact? What's he been like? That was a great addition to the team. I mean, we've had a couple times we like just trying to field an outfield, but this kid came in. He's flying around. He's laying out. He's making every catch. He's hitting bombs, doubles, stealing bags. I mean, like, talk about a dream come true or like a Christmas present, you know? <laughs> right. Well, any other thoughts on the season so far and, um, you know, the hopes for the for the near future here uh, next week? Season's been fun. It's gone by fast. I'm really just trying to get every last drop out of it that I can. Um, not looking at the end, even though the end is the goal, because that's where the tournament is. But um, I think that we have a great shot at this tournament. And if we keep playing at the caliber of baseball playing right now, people should watch out for us. Foley is on a roll having thrown 14 consecutive scoreless innings. On offense, sophomore Christian Beal went 6-for-8 at the plate with five runs scored, a double, a triple, two RBIs, a walk, and a stolen base. He is hitting a team-leading 371 on the season. 
And Christian Beal is our male Bobcat of the Week. Christian, let's talk a little bit about your background. First of all, growing up in Illinois, when did you start getting into baseball? You're playing t-ball like everyone else when you were uh, you know, a young kid. And when did you first realize, hey, I could probably play this in college? Well, I started playing at young, four years old, yeah. uh, with basketball. Both started playing both of them with my uncle, uh, my grandpa, and my dad. Uh, and my mom was part of that entire way. Uh, so growing up, uh, you know, baseball was spring, basketball was winter. Uh, and I couldn't wait till baseball season. I always kind of had a love for baseball more than basketball. And when I got to high school, I kind of made sure that I just want to focus on one, which is baseball. Um, and growing up in Illinois, you know, the weather's not always good. And it's kind of similar to Maine. Uh, so I taught kind of how to play in the cold. Uh, and, you know, playing in Maine is not the big advantage than playing in Illinois. So I kind of am used to that. In high school, were you thinking about playing in college or were you just enjoying the moment playing in high school at the, at the time? No, I mean, college always back on mind. Yeah. I wanted to play as long as I could. Yeah. And uh, you know, ever since growing up, my goal is to play college baseball. And I'm blessed enough to achieve that here at Bates. And uh, it's been a blessing so far. Have you always been the man patrolling center field? No, I actually oh. played infield my first two years of high school. Okay. And then my junior year, I moved to outfield. And uh, kind of as years carried on me in the outfield, I've kind of learned it. I mean, that's my fourth year now, right? Yeah. So my fourth year since playing it, and mm. I've kind of learned – um, kind of how to patrol different different aspects of it. My first jumps got better every year. My first step, uh, reading balls has gotten better. Uh, my speed kind of always allowed me to make up for, you know, missed jumps or missed times, you know, jumps going for balls. But, uh, you know, every year I get I learn more and more about the position, uh, and I'm blessed to be able to go out there and patrol center field. You mentioned um, we talked before, but you talked about how, like, you, you played for Coach Martin in Europe after your mm -hmm. senior year of high school. How'd that all happen? Yeah, so a program called Planet Baseball. I uh, got the chance to meet Coach Martin. We played in Europe. Uh, we went to Czech Republic, Munich, Germany, and Barcelona. So three different series, three games each, and it was just a blessing. I mean, I know a lot of kids would love to do it, and when the opportunity arose, I jumped on it. So I got to actually I played in the state championship game in Illinois uh, one weekend, and the next week I left to go to Europe, and it was just amazing. So I spent the entire June playing baseball. Um, and you get to travel the world touring and playing baseball. It's honestly a beautiful dream come true. Awesome. Now, you originally for one year went to a Division One school in Miami, Ohio. Now you're here at Bates getting to play Division Three. You know, making that transition, you, you obviously mentioned you played for Coach Martin in Europe, so that was comfortable. What else influenced maybe you wanting to come to Bates? Uh, Coach Martin played a big uh, yeah. influence. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just kind of the family aspect here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I got to talk to the players before I came here, I wanted to be on a team where it was a family. Everybody loved each other and wanted to be, you know, you wanted to go to work with each other every day. And that's what we do. That's what we do here at Bates. Uh, we're excited. I know you came to a practice. Uh, we're excited. We, we get on each other. But it's that family aspect that really was the final deal breaker for me. When I met and when I met and had lunch with each of the players, which I know a lot of recruits do, uh, you know, that's important. You know, every player has a big influence on you mm -hmm. when you step foot on campus. Um, and then also just the surrounding, the small atmosphere, uh, that close-knit group is important to me. And uh, again, when I came here in the fall, they welcomed me with open arms. And uh, that was important in making the transition easy for me. Every Nescat school, you know, academics are a big focus. Yeah. What's the transition been like? Because I'm not going to say from high school, but from, you know, maybe the experience at, at Miami and now here from an academic perspective. It's different. It's yeah. different. A lot more uh, essays and written were here. Uh, but I love it, honestly. Uh, you know, my, my friends helped me out if I needed help. Uh, but uh, teachers are amazing here. Um, if, you know, I, office hours are huge here, so if I have any questions, I automatically go in there and they help me out, which is, I think, a little different than Miami. I think t teachers here are a little more hands on deck and willing to help out students. Not to knock me away, <laughs> but just to talk about how Bates is great. Uh, so they've really helped out. Uh, I haven't really missed a beat there, and, uh, you know, it's been honestly great there, too. 
we touched on this a little bit before, but you obviously you have we just seen you play out there. You have you know great passion for the game, yeah. a lot of excitement. Right. Coach Martin has kind of said he loves that. Maybe reel it in a little bit sometimes, but how do you kind of uh, balance that? I guess honestly, it's tough to balance it because you know I play I play with the same heart, the same passion, whether it's in practice, game, no matter what. I want yeah. to take the same energy every day, uh, but. Yeah, you know, he, yeah, he makes me control it a little bit. You know, we've had discussions about me controlling it. I know, you know, I, I get frustrated sometimes out there. I try to keep it in the dugout so, you know, I don't show any negative energy on the field. That's kind of one of the things that are important to me. I want to show all positive energy on the field, whether it be screaming, you know, dancing, whatever it may be, having fun. Uh, it's all because I play hard. And I want to keep all the positive stuff in the field and all the negative stuff because it's baseball. You're going to, you know, you fail a lot. I want to keep all the negative stuff in the dugout, in the locker, and everything like that because, you know, it brings out. But it's not just me. I think that everybody in this team brings that passion. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what makes us special. That's kind of what makes us the hard the blue collar, hardworking team that we are and allows us to go back to the NESCAT Champions this year is just because we all play with that passion. We all play with that energy. Um, and we're all that emotional team that, you know, when we're winning, it's good. Um, and then, you know, when we're losing, we've had kind of trouble this year uh, letting that go. But uh, when right now, you know, we play hard. And I think any team that comes in knows that they're going to get a hard fought, hard fought battle when they go against us. It's our coach preaches every single day. So you touched on the family aspect of Bates, and when I interviewed before on camera, you talked about how your mom had a big influence on your passion for the game and everything. How, how, how did family influence you, kind of growing up and now moving into college? Well, I grew up in a single parent household with my mom, and uh, you know you learn a lot from that. You know, growing up. Uh, so when you talk about passion um, and just attitude towards life, my mom has a big influence on that. Uh, whether it be, you know, go, you want to wake up every day with a smile on your face, and that's kind of what she told me from since I was six years old. And whether you're in the classroom or playing baseball, you do it, you do it the right way. You do it, the hard, you do it with hard work and dedication. Nothing's going to given to you. And uh, that's kind of how I approach baseball, which is, I know you guys can see on the field, it's just, you know, and nothing's given to me out there. And that's kind of what uh, my family, especially my mom, taught me growing up. Uh, she's at every, almost every game. My grandpa and my mom, yeah. they fly, switch off weekends, so they haven't really missed a beat this year. Um, whether it's watching at home, uh, you know, I kind of pray before I begin that I make her proud because mm -hmm. that's the most important thing for me is to make my mom proud. Awesome. So we got the double elimination NESCAC tournament coming up this weekend. What are your thoughts on this? You know, you've only had one practice since the you know big sweep of Bowdoin, but you know, it, it all comes down to this kind of right. Yeah, well, this is a big week for us. I know Coach Martin touched on it yesterday. Uh, this is a big week preparation for us. So you know, we're locked in from yesterday on throughout every day of practice, um, making sure that we make the correct strides to prepare for Friday. That's a good team we're facing. Uh, it'll be a fast-paced baseball game because I know they can hit. I know we can hit. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I know that we could either, I think it was the max amount of game. We played six games or something like that. If That's max yeah, amount of games. Quite a so, few, yeah. Yeah, so we have to be prepared to play a good amount of games this weekend. Yeah. Um, be focused every single you know, pitch. And I think that's the biggest thing is getting our minds mentally prepared for doing it. I know we will be, uh, but this is why Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are such big games. You know, yesterday, Yeah, we won. Last week we swept them, but that's in the past. And yeah. Coach Martin does a good job of preaching, you know, when we woke up Monday, uh, it's a whole different ball game. You know, we have different goals to fill for this week. And uh, we have to make sure that we do it and we make strides every day to fill those goals this week. Great. Well, any other thoughts on the season so far and what it's meant to you, your first year here on the Bates campus? It's meant a lot to me. I mean, honestly, you know, I didn't know uh, – after last year, I didn't know where I would be. Uh, we haven't even played baseball anymore. Um, I, you know, I wanted to, obviously, and I made sure that I – could, but I mean honestly I didn't know and to be you know these last couple months here and this during this spring season and even the fall uh, I've been special here uh, and uh, I just can't thank the team Jack Simon uh, the seniors for really uh, welcoming opening arms here and uh, bringing me part of this family because we got a good family and, and that's what allows us to win ball games so it's just been awesome
Awesome. Christian Beal, Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. The rowing teams combined to win the team points title at the New England Championships on Saturday, with the men finishing third out of 24 schools and the women finishing first. The men's first varsity eight almost took home the gold medal, finishing a very close second to Wesleyan. Meanwhile, the men's second varsity eight did claim the gold, beating runner-up Boston College by more than two seconds. On the women's side, all three varsity eight boats won their grand finals, with the first varsity eight winning its fifth consecutive New England title. Bates outraced runner-up WPI by nearly seven seconds, an open water victory. The first varsity eight is comprised of stroke senior captain Lena Rintel, junior Hannah Fitz, sophomore Sally Harris-Porter, sophomore Hannah Beams, sophomore Catherine Barry-Toon, junior Grace Smith, junior Emma Wheeler, and bow sophomore Grace Bake. And their coxswain, sophomore Liza Folsom, joined the Bobcast. Liza Folsom with us here on the Bobcast, women's rowing, 1V, the female Bobcats of the week here uh, after a no, another New England title. I know coming in, obviously, you'd raced WPI previously. They'd gotten you by just a hair, and this time, though, you win by open water. What was the difference you noticed from the boat just going down you know, the lake there this time around? Yeah, we were definitely a lot more ready. We hadn't been on the water when we raced them before. And so not only did we get to practice on the water, but we got to think more about our race plan and how we wanted to approach it rather than just in our previous races when we would get on the water for the race, be on the water for 30 minutes and then go. We had like several weeks of practice this time, so that definitely made a big difference. Did the team see it as somewhat of a statement that, you know, Bates is still the the, the number one here in, in not only New England but in the country at this point? I mean, th- I think it definitely helped us yeah. feel that way, but we still haven't raced Ithaca and mm-hmm. a couple other teams. So. Sure. But, yeah, it felt good. What's the environment like at New England's maybe compared to other regattas? Um, it's a lot bigger, a lot bigger compared to, like, President's Cup last weekend <laughs> yeah, when sure. it was just the us, Colby Bowden, and you, Maine. But right. it's super exciting. It makes it, like, much more fun to race. And, and it definitely you get a little bit more stressed because of the people and there's like a big jumbotron and oh, yeah. and then awards sitting everywhere. So it's makes it a little bit more stressful, but also more exciting at the same time. I saw they did the celebratory throw you in the water as a coxswain. How much do you look forward or maybe dread that? <laughs> I guess I look forward to it because of what it means, right. but it was so cold this time. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. What's the boat like? What's the 1V like this year? Obviously, you know, you got similar rows from last year, but some uh, some new ones as well. Yeah, we have um, five sophomores, mm-hmm. including me, and then two juniors and a senior. So we're, I don't know, still a young boat, yeah. but it's kind of weird not having freshmen, I guess. Obviously, it's, I'm coming from a different perspective, not being a freshman anymore. But I don't know. It's, it's cool that we're all a little bit older, mm-hmm. I guess, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. We're all like excited to go fast, and yeah, it's exciting. But I think we we keep surprising ourselves by what we can do. Well, and the one senior is Lena Rintel, right? Mm-hmm. And she's at the stroke position at this point. Yeah. And so I know I remember when she was a first year, she was at the stroke position in the one beat. So mm-hmm. she's been doing this for a while. That must be nice to have someone like that with that experience. Yeah, no, she's the best. Like I can like tell her like whatever rate she needs to hit, whatever she needs to do, and she'll just do it. So, so National Invitational Rowing Championships coming up this Sunday. How do those compare to New England's, uh, just based on your experience maybe last year and whatnot? Um, I, we found them pretty similar. The big yeah. difference for us is that Ithaca comes to this one and not um, New England's. Right. And they're really good, too. But I, I guess, like, regatta-wise, they're very similar, like the same 
like heat and final and same course isn't it yeah same yeah, yeah. course a lot of it's similar it's just the club teams aren't there so like for example Bowdoin mm. won't be there this weekend so like our four won't race them um but yeah, it, it's, it is very similar, though. It's same structure, same course, but... Is it almost a feeling of, like, deja vu? Like, wait, we just did this? A little bit. <laughs> I think that's because of, like, where it is. But yeah. it, it's kind of comforting to have that because you did it the week before and it went well this weekend, so I think it'll help us feel more confident coming into this weekend. So as a sophomore now, as a coxswain, what, have you, what do you learn from last year's experience that you're applying to this year in terms of, you know, what it takes to succeed, you know, at this level and whatnot? Um, yeah, I think I definitely learned a lot last year, just like course wise. And one thing that I think I've been doing more this year is like talking to the boat off the water and just like learning what to say to them and how to create like a good culture within the boat, which I'm still working on to do. But I know I think this year I've also been thinking a lot more about like things off the water, not just on the water, what I'm saying in the boat. Great. And then um, obviously, you know, I talked to Peter and he said that there's about 11 rowers who could all be in that one V. And so there's a lot of depth on this team. What's that like? You know, because occasionally I'm sure you'll have other people stepping into one V, other people leaving and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like, I'll we'll like be in practice, like three boats across, and I'll look over and you, the 2V or the 3V, like they look like they could be 1Vs almost. Like, yeah, it's, it's really cool having that many people, and it definitely keeps the team competitive. But at the same time, everyone just wants to go fast no matter what happens. So. Great. Well, any other thoughts on New England and what you're looking forward to these uh, next two regattas, obviously, coming up here? Yeah, it's a, I'm super excited. It'll be super fun. Race some new people. Um, and I, we've just been getting better every practice, I think. So it'll be exciting to see what we can do and how we will have improved from last weekend to this weekend. All right, Liza Folsom, the coxswain for the women's first varsity eight, fifth consecutive New England gold medal there. Thanks so much. Thank you. The men's track and field team finished sixth out of 32 teams at the New England Division III track and field championships over the weekend. Sophomore John Rex finished second in the hammer throw. First year Bart Russ placed second in the 3,000 meter steeplechase and junior captain Brendan Donahue won the New England Championship in the decathlon with a career best, 6,301 points. In women's track and field, senior captain Aiden Eikhoff won the New England Championship in the 800 meter run. Senior Katie Barker placed second in the 5,000 meters, and the Bobcats placed ninth out of 34 teams at New England's. Bates also took second place in the 4x800 relay as first-year Mary Corcoran, senior captain Sarah Rothman, sophomore So Kim, and Eikhoff combined on a time of 9 minutes, 15.32 seconds. The 4x800 is not an event that's held at Nationals, so this weekend's Open New England is the last chance for the Bobcats to break the program record. Rothman, who has made her mark on and off the track during her time at Bates, joined the Bobcast this week to discuss her time here and what lies ahead. 4x8 has always been a really special event to me because it's a it's a time where mid-distance runners can really come together and channel in an event that we can all tackle and do well with because that's what we train for. And so this weekend was no different. And it was Really incredible being a part of a 4 way where Aiden Eikhoff was the, the anchor and I got to work with a freshman and an, a sophomore who we all trained together and we can run solid time. So it was an event that I knew that we could do well with. We just had to put the pieces there and we were just always in the race. So it was, uh, Mary had a very strong start. As a freshman, it was also like really impressive because being the start of a relay is no small feat um and I took the baton from her and kind of just kept in the race and so did a fantastic job and then just watching Aiden 
finish any race is pretty incredible. So that just really it meant a lot to all do do really well together and felt as though we all contributed. Great. So yeah, you touched on you know Mary Corcoran a first year, So Kim a sophomore. Uh, what are those two like um, younger athletes and so obviously play soccer here as well? Yeah, those athletes have they're, they're really really great and they're also just really willing to learn and work with us. Like I I. I run uh, 200s and 150s with them, and they see that that's, that's not always my strongest um, interval to keep training with. They work with me, and like we all, like they just see no matter the age, we can all work together and really come together for a pretty fantastic relay. So it's just nice to kind of almost put aside the age and just really channel in our talents. What's the experience been like being one of the captains this year? It's been experience I'll never forget, and it's one that I keep on learning and learning learning about. Um, it's nice that it doesn't just fall from the hours from four fifteen to six. Yeah. Um, being a captain is just like an all day thing, and I'm one that I'm happy to take on. I've had first years come up to me and ask about school or ask about life, and I just always feel as though like when we are able to talk about those aspects of Bates, it makes our athletics experience that much stronger. So it's really rewarding to see all those kind of parts come together. So 4 by 8 I understand, not a national event, but you have a goal here, right? The school record. Where are you in, in terms of that? After we finished our relay this weekend, Jay came up to us and said we were third on the list, mm-hmm. and we're within five seconds of that record. Um, and we, I remember Mary and I, we were the ones that were fresh for the 4 by 8 and we were kind of just joking, like, oh, this could be our last race. We're kind of exhausted. But then when you're in the race and you see how close and how tangible a goal can be, it kind of drives you that much closer so yes like it's not a national event but it's an event that we can still do really well and feel really proud of at the end of the day I think that's something that we can definitely achieve well Sarah you know you're being a senior now right you've been involved with so much here at Bates what's the experience been like getting your you know hand into many different things outside of track and field as well like you're the editor-in-chief of the Bates student for instance yeah being editor-in-chief of the Bates student has been an experience that my teammates have been so supportive I remember last year I was sports editor and at one point all my writers were from the track team. And a lot of them are STEM majors and don't want to write, but they still write because they know I need help. Um, so that really meant a lot to me. And like this year, just talking through articles with my team and like if I ever had a really late night in the newsroom, people would check in with me and make sure I was getting sleep. Um, and just for me also, like being a part of the newspaper is a chance for us to kind of write about our experiences and write through our ideas and share our stories with, other, with the Bates student body. And it's, it's a chance for me to kind of step outside that role as a runner and as almost like a teacher helping out um, students kind of learn about different talents that they didn't know that they had. Great. Well, graduation coming up very soon, obviously. What are your thoughts right now on post-college stuff? Yeah, so next year I'm going to be teaching English in the Czech Republic. It's a country I don't know the language. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I am also just know that my experiences here at Bates have prepped me in a way that I could never imagine and that I'll always be grateful. So yes, it's something different, um, but I'm very excited for that next chapter. And it's weird thinking that this 4 8 could be my last time on the track, but mm-hmm. I also, part of me knows that it won't be. Like I will, I'll be able to find a way to kind of continue running, continue establishing that team, even if I, even I, even if I am abroad in a country where I don't speak the language. I can use running as a way to get to establish that community that I've kind of grown to love here at Bates. So teaching English in a country where you don't speak their language, how does that go? How do, how do you do that? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to have a mentor who speaks English. She's, she's going to kind of guide me through that process. And my class, they do know English. They're 11 to 19-year-olds, so they, they do know the language. And it's going to be a matter of um, 
me kind of just taking that step and being honest with my students, saying that I'm learning this along with you. And I think from the get-go, establishing that trust and that understanding will make that experience that much, not easier, but more manageable and more something that I can kind of dive into with um, more flexibility and openness to kind of keep learning and growing. So I think it'll be exciting. Awesome. And then, you know, looking back at your experience at Bates so far, what are some classes that have really stood out to you that really made an impact, you think? Um, definitely, my, this goes back to my freshman year, but I took a journalism course um, with practitioner Peter Moore, and that class, like at Bates here, we don't, ha- we don't have a journalism major, but that class, he brought in guest speakers from Sports Illustrated and Men's Health, and I learned how to write on deadline every single day. Um, and it was exhausting. It was also really rewarding, and I really got to speak to students that I would have never had a chance to meet and really hear their stories and write them down. And I really just, that kind of, that class taught me to take other courses where I would necessarily step outside, I would be able to step outside my comfort zone. Another class is last short term, I went to London and studied Shakespeare. And that's an experience that I'll never forget and one that I'll always value and see as an opportunity for me to keep on growing and taking risks. Um, There, I, I studied Shakespeare at the Globe in London, like, it was crazy. And then my classroom was the British Museum. Um, and it's just an experience that I wouldn't necessarily have had, been able to have at another institution and one that I'll always value. Terrific. It seems like you might be someone who might be able to coach track down the road. Is that something you've thought about? Yeah, definitely. I've definitely, like, even just as I was saying, this is this is my 24th season of running. Uh-huh. I've been running uh, cross country and track since my freshman year of high school. And I feel like as though I know the sport and I'm coming, and I, I do love teaching and I love how running has kind of always been that rock for me in my educational experiences and one that I want to make the rock for my students. Um, so coaching is something I want to keep learning about, and I think that's something that I can do next year abroad um, with my students and kind of establish that trust trust of them ex- and show them an aspect of life outside of the classroom where we can kind of get to know each other and have physical goals that we can reach together. Um, so, yes, coaching is something I want to pursue. Awesome. Well, Sarah Rothman competing in the 4x800 at the Open New Englands this weekend, trying to set that school record. Wish you the best of luck, and thanks so much for wrestling the Bobcats. Appreciate it. Thank you. After beating UMaine Farmington 12 to nothing on Wednesday, the Bates softball team fell to number two nationally ranked Williams in the NESCAC quarterfinals on Friday and into Saturday morning by a score of 6-2. to two. The game was suspended on account of darkness Friday night and resumed the following day. Bates went toe-to-toe with the Eves before six unearned runs crossed the plate in the bottom of the fifth. Head coach Mikel Barnes looks back on the season. Coach Barnes, first of all, the team obviously kind of a rough start down there in Florida, but it seems like bounced back really throughout the rest of the season, kind of came together, a young team. What were your overall thoughts about the way this team eventually, you know, came together and really, you know, produced another solid season for Bates? Yeah, I, you know, we knew going into the season that we were super young and there are always going to be question marks on how fast can, you know, the first year's transition to college softball and, um, you know, how fast can they acclimate? And, and so we knew that there were going to be question marks. And I think down in Florida, you know, we had a couple of tough losses to kick off our season. And I, and I think that potentially could have shaped shaken some confidence and and that's why we saw you know the three and nine record down in florida now with that all being said we purposefully scheduled a much tougher florida schedule to help prep us for our you know our nescac weekends um so we knew you know we knew going down that it was going to be more difficult i i certainly don't think that our three and nine record down in florida was 
in any way indicative of what kind of team that we were. And I think, you know, going through some of those growing pains really did help prep us for um, some tough conference play where, you know, we we had some tough losses and we had some great wins. And, uh, you know, certainly having that experience was really, really beneficial. Um, But, you know, I I could not be more proud of this team Um, being as young as we are and, um, you know, having having the leadership that we did have, albeit, you know, three total upperclassmen between the junior and senior class combined. um, You know, we put together a good season and I and I really just think that we just scratched the surface of what's to come. Well, speaking of that, I mean, you have the NESCAC tournament game, right? I mean, Williams, that was the number two team in the country, at least ranked-wise, in the in the polls. So, obviously, and you and the team was neck and neck with them for most of the game, right? Yeah, you know, this is the second time that I really feel strongly like we outplayed Williams. Uh, we had a tough 2-1 loss mm-hmm. in regular season. You know, they walked off in the bottom of the, of the seventh inning there. Um, and we played them, we played them hard. This past Friday night, Saturday morning, yeah. um, you know, we had one inning get away from us, and that happened to be the difference maker. And I think, you know, being, um, you know, we had some some tough plays there that I think, you know, we would obviously like back. But I also think that, above all else, those will be plays that our team, especially the youth in our team, can learn from, and uh, they won't make those same mistakes again. And so it's kind of one of those things, you know, never deprive yourself of learning things the hard way. And I think um, playing Williams, number two in the country, ranked um, neck and neck and going 0-0 into the fifth with two outs. We get the third out, have a tough catcher's interference call um, that that started, you know, the little bit of the down spiral there. Um, was a tough way to, to close out that game, but... Could not be more proud. You know, we, we were delayed, so we had to come back Saturday morning. And, um, you know, we shut them down defensively. We Eliza McNulty hits a, hits a bomb to center field. And we, you know, we take that day, those two innings, and, and win that day two to nothing. Ended right. up being overall, you know, a, a 6-2 yeah. loss. But holy smokes, I mean, I, I certainly think – we had them very nervous, and I think everyone was kind of rooting for us to, to really put it to them. Well, how about Eliza McNulty coming on strong there, late a couple home runs to close out the season, right? Yeah, you know, I think she finished the season. I know she went three for three against UMF, went two for two, and then a walk against Williams. Um, puts together some some really great at bats against Bowden and, and Trinity. I I you know that's just a testament to the work that she was able to put in. I think short term gives us a little bit more flexibility where we can get some more individual work in. And um, her confidence was glowing and and it was evident. And she took that up to bat with her. And what a way to finish the season. Right. And well, you um, obviously NESCAC rules Division Three NCAA. You can't really work with the players over the off season. So what do you tell them? what to do over the summer like what's the guidance here to make sure you know the strong finish of the season for many of them will carry over uh, you know a little less than a year from now I guess for sure you know obviously that's a massive challenge not being able to work with them and with that being said couple the lack of coaching that we are you know that we're tied to couple that with their youth you know that I think played a part in our early season struggles um, but I, I really think that they got a taste of how successful that they can be. And I think that intrinsic motivation in, in of, a, of itself will be, you know, their, 
their guide to to want to work hard over the summer, knowing that you can't go four months without swinging a bat and expect to pick it back up and and pick up right where you left off. It just doesn't work that way. Um, So I know a lot of them are playing summer ball, travel ball, whether it's a a 23U team, three, four pickup tournaments, that's plenty. You know, they've got great internships that that they need to be focused on. And, um, you know, we're, we're hoping to put together, not hoping, but we are putting together a hitting program for them this summer and just hopefully making it easy for them to, to get some swings in and to isolate a few areas of focus that we really saw as a common theme as our team. And, and I think they're going to come back. And I know, I mean, they've already said, Coach, can it be February 15th, right. 2020 yet? I mean, we're ready. We know we don't want this break, but yeah. unfortunately we have to take it. Well, the lone graduating senior there, Dre Russo, had her senior day in, in, um, there uh, the, the past weekend, which um, – uh, before the tournament, which was kind of encapsulated the season there a little bit, right? Because they had all sort of schedule changes and uh, had a dramatic win, a heartbreaking loss. That was a crazy weekend also, wasn't it? Holy, yes. It, uh, a couple heartbreaking losses. Yeah. You know, um, we, we had Bowdoin in two two out of three games yeah. and unfortunately let that you know those wins slip away and that determined a different playoff seating right. than what we easily could have had otherwise. Um, you know, Dre, Dre had a great weekend. I think Dre had a great finish to her, to her career. And, um, I think, you know, hopefully, hopefully she, you know, is proud of the, of the mark that she left. I know certainly we are. And, um, like I said, I think we're really just scratching the surface and, and Dre was really a catalyst in that. Um, so, you know, we're lucky, we were lucky to have Dre. Um, and I, and I know that her legacy is a great one and, and we're looking to build off of that and continue building the program into, you know, a much more successful NESCAC program. One of the upperclassmen, Julia Panapinto, started showing a little more power as well, right? That's 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 natural because she's obviously a year-round athlete who just puts in the work, doesn't she? I don't think that there's a stronger female athlete on campus. Um, I mean, Julia just has just natural she has a natural gift and power and so sometimes it's it's trying to get her to not do too much because if she truly just makes the slightest contact with the ball um, she's going to hit it hard so I think as the season progressed you know we were able to work with her a little bit more and and it's all you know there's so much that goes on between the ears too right and and to try to manage that mindset um, with not trying to do too much and hit the ball hard and da 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 um, you know, we, we really saw Julia come together and, and she certainly has a lot of power. And um, I think, you know, the more consistent that we can get her to, to get her timing down and, and, you know, mechanically just have good distribution of her weight, so on and so forth, um, she'll continue that power in, I think, a much more consistent manner next year. Well, in this season, you asked KP, Kirsten Pelletier, to do more than probably she's ever had to do before, right? Pitching both halves of double headers and whatnot. Maybe ideally you wouldn't have to ask her to do that, but she certainly did and did it well, didn't she? Yeah, I, I mean, anything that we threw at KP, she took on and she shouldered. And, um, you know, she threw more innings than any other pitcher in the NESCAC, had more strikeouts than any other pitcher in the NESCAC, lowered her ERA to under two. You know, the first thing she said to me after – after our, our Williams game was coached next year, I want to lower it to under one. And I'm like, okay, um, you know, let's, let's, <laughs> let's just take, you know, a deep breath and, and reflect on how tremendous of a season she just had. 
And I think sometimes it's easy to lose that perspective because we're so used to her just coming in and, and shutting down other teams and hitting big pitches and big spots. But, I mean, truly what she's done for us has been nothing short of remarkable. And she's put in so much work, and we are so lucky to have her. Awesome. Well, to, to wrap things up, any other thoughts on you know the season as a whole and what it's going to take to you know for the team for the program to make that next step? Yeah, you know, just thinking back and reflecting on you know we we finished fifteen and twenty one and nearly half, if not a little over half of our losses came by one run mm-hmm. or a walk off in the bottom of the seventh inning or in extra innings. And, and so we were right on the cusp. And again, I think, you know, you think back to 15 and 21, well, the, you know, we weren't over 500. But again, the, the combination of our youth and the combination of that with some really, really tough losses against some really, really good teams, um, that experience that, we're, that we now have, I, I feel strongly is going to be what propels us into taking that next step where, you know, we you know, we win those tough games. We, um, you know, we don't give away leads in the seventh or eighth inning or whatever it is, you know. And so to think back and say, like, holy smokes, nearly half of our losses came under that fashion. Like, yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow, but that's also really, really encouraging as well. So we're right there. Uh, Like I said, we uh, unfortunately have to take this break. We wish we didn't have to, um, but I know they're ready to get right back to it. So it's been exciting, and I'm super proud of them. All right, Michael Barnes, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap the NESCAC Baseball Championships, the National Invitational Rowing Championships, and more. Plus, a look at cold front. The Bates women's ultimate team is headed to nationals for the fourth straight year, led by their sensational senior, Josie Gillette. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates! Bates!